Before we get started, I kind of just wanted to apologize. I know last week we did not have an episode. I actually am in DC right now interning. So I was kind of just taking that week to go from Texas to DC and it was just kind of crazy. But today I'm so happy that you're tuning in. We're going to talk about HR1. I think this bill has been taken out of context and that's why I want to talk about it. I've seen celebrities like Ariana Grande post about it and a lot of my friends. So I think it's really important that we talk about it, that you guys have a you know, surface level understanding. We're going to try to dive a little bit deeper just so you can facilitate conversation. That way, when you see these celebrities and friends posting about these things, we can have a good conversation and educate each other and see, hmm, is this really the best decision for our country? Is this discriminating? Is this going to ensure the integrity of our elections? How are we going to do this? So without further ado, welcome to Out of Context and let's go ahead and get started. So I know you're probably like, Noelle, why are you bringing up Ariana Grande? Well, it's because she has 245 million followers, most of which are really young. And she posted six days ago that she had, and I quote, the absolute honor and privilege of speaking to the brilliant Stacey Abrams for the, about the For the People Act, which is about to be voted on by the Senate. We need this to pass in order to protect and persevere our constitutional rights as citizens to vote and to make sure they are counted and eliminate voter suppression. Then she urged all her followers to go call their senators. Okay. A lot of people had sent me this and they, because it sounds good, right? For the people who wouldn't want an act titled for the people. Well, let's see if it's really, truly for the people. In January 3rd of 2019, that is when the For the People Act was first introduced. This bill said that it wanted to address voter access, election integrity, election security, political spending, and the ethics of the three branches of government. Okay, super vague. After that, it was actually voted on, H.R. 1, For the People Act, it was voted on in March 3rd of 2001, and it was voted on by the House. It got 51% yeses and 49% noes, so it passed in the House. 220 Democrats voted on it, voted on it, and then um, 210 Republicans did said no. Um, and then also one Democrat said no. Sorry, that was the total. So 210 total, one Democrat said no, and 209 Republicans also said no. So also now, what is the next step? Well, the next step is for it to be voted on by the Senate. And today we actually got an update on that. Uh, Senator Ted Cruz was celebrating the Democrats' majority voting rights proposal after Senate Republicans successfully filibustered H.R. 1 and prevented the bill from being debated. So actually, it was a split vote on Tuesday, um, which was yesterday, 50-50, and you need 60 votes that are needed to begin the debate. So now that we kind of know where H.R. 1 is in the process, um, I want to go ahead and talk about what exactly HR1 is. So Democrat leaders are saying that HR1 and celebrities and people, you know, they're saying that HR1 is going to help specifically people of color not be oppressed when voting. And so how exactly are people being oppressed while voting? What exactly does HR1 seek to do? Well, I want to go ahead and read you some things about 
HR1, specifically from HR1. Okay, so one thing that I really love about our country is that we have so much separation of power. The states hold a lot of power, and HR1 seeks to take away that power from the states, meaning that Congress finds that it has the broad authority to regulate the time, place, manner, and congressional elections under the election cause of the Constitution. That is straight from the bill. That means that it can force student, it can force states to implement early voting, automatic voter registration, same-day registration, online voter registration, and no-fault absentee balloting. So if you could picture 2020 um, and kind of a lot of the chaos of why they were extending it, why were they extending it? Well, they were extending those week-long election um, to because there were so many mail-in ballots, right? That was the reason that they said because there were so many mail-in ballots that it took us, we, instead of having an election day, we had an election week. So imagine that. That is what they seek to do permanently. So again, this is called For the People Act. If, if you truly care about the integrity of our elections, then wouldn't you want to go vote in person to ensure that your vote is counted, whether you're voting red or blue? Wouldn't you want to be there in person and see, okay, my vote was counted? I don't know. That's just me. I want to go and make sure that my vote is counted. Along with the voting integrity, the bill says that having a photo ID to vote is quote-unquote Burdens, burdensome, and that that actually restricts people from voting. Therefore, they want to allow the vote by mail um, rules. They want to change rules for felons voting um, and just restrictions on the right to vote. They think that having a, an ID, requiring people to have an ID to go vote, they think that that is racial discrimination, and I quote, racial discrimination and systemic racism by requiring someone to have an ID. I'll just have you know that Mexico requires a voting ID. I had someone actually send me a picture of their voter ID. Um, so, it, and again, it just really blows my mind that Again, according to Bernie Sanders, he said that specifically people of color are suppressed in this voting process. I have a driver's license. My dad has a driver's license. My brother has a driver's license. My grandma, who 90% of the things, 99% of the things she says um, has is in Spanish and she has a driver's license. My other grandma, who only went up to the seventh grade, has a driver's license. So it's really insulting that... Democrats think, not all Democrats, obviously there was one that objected, but majority of Democrats think that minorities and people of color are too stupid to get an ID. I, that's an insult. That's an insult to me. That's an insult to all my friends. That's an insult to literally every person of color. You go, there was a video actually circulating around that went to inner city neighborhoods asking, hey, do you have a license? Do you have an ID? To insinuate that we are too dumb to go get an ID is just purely insulting. An ID just ensures that it's one American voting per vote. If you are not an American citizen, you should not be voting in an American election. Go somewhere else. Go to your place of origin and vote there. If you are not an American citizen, why would you vote in an American election? Furthermore, with this 800-page bill, it allows people to have a written statement signed by the individual under penalty of perjury or lying, right? Um, that means that the person doesn't have to have an ID, even if they're mailing in. 
or, you know, going in person, they don't need an ID either. But if they're mailing in, they don't need an ID and they can just simply sign a little statement saying, yeah, that's me. I'm an American citizen. I live in this area. I'm sorry, but when it comes to the election of the United States of America, I don't want to trust your writing or your your signature. I want proof that you are an American citizen and that you are, you know, you're voting one vote and I want to ensure that this is you and that you haven't voted multiple times. And so with this HR1, it completely removes all those security measures. So again, how is this for the people? Because I want you know, more voting laws. I want an integrity, you know, an election that is fair, regardless of the outcome, an election that is fair, that is truthful, and that benefits all American people, regardless of wealth, status, race, or anything. But this seems more like discrimination than inclusion. This seems like it's going to hurt the American people, all American people of all color, of all socioeconomic statuses, rather than it's not going to help anyone. And that's why I say it's deceptively named because your average vote, like your average person is not going to spend time diving into this bill, seeing what it really says. Your average Ariana Grande fan is not going to go look and see what this bill says. They're just going to take your word for it and assume, oh, well, it's called the For the People bill, so it must be for the people. Also, I will briefly mention, though, that the Democrats currently are trying to get rid of the filibuster. Um, so that's another thing that puts kind of our whole system in jeopardy. Um, okay. So another thing is that it's making absentee voter boxes available for 45 days. So I'm just going to go ahead and quote it in each County in the state, each state shall provide in-person secure and clearly labeled drop boxes at which individuals may at any time during the period described in the description in subsection B drop off voted absentee ballots in the election for federal offices. So um, subsection B is 45 days before an election. The boxes must be available to all voters on a non-discriminatory basis during all hours of the day. Um, again, this is it just lacks regulation. Um, and again, the mess that we saw in 2020, um, just the extended week-long election instead of a day, um, again, that would be a regular occurring event if they were to pass HR1. Another thing in regards to the absentee ballots, it forces states to accept absentee ballots received up to 10 days after the election as long as they are postmarked by election day and requires states to allow vote trafficking and vote harvesting. Um, this means that third parties, including campaign staffers and political consultants, can pick up and deliver absentee ballots. We saw a lot of this with, you know, on election day last year, certain people wearing certain political shirts at the voting booths, people being intimidated, um, just a lot of stuff. And so this would allow people who clearly are voting one way or clearly working for a certain campaign to actually manage these um, votes. So if anything, um, is for the People Act, how is it for the People Act when you are you're not increasing the security of our election. You're actually 
decreasing the security of our election. Again, it's not discriminatory to want an American to vote in an American election. It's not discriminatory to not allow someone who is a citizen of Mexico or a citizen of Japan or a citizen of, you know, a European country or, you know, anywhere. It's not discriminatory to not allow them to vote in our election because they're not an American citizen. Um, again, the, you know, the, there's a lot of things. There's violations of the First Amendment um, within HR1. There is um, intimidation and harassment. It does not prevent against that. As we saw in the 2020, if you went to go vote in person, I'm sure you ran into certain things about that. Um, one thing is it does require states to restore the ability of felons to vote. I'm not going to really elaborate on that too much, but Section 2 of the 14th Amendment gives states the constitutional authority to decide when felons who committed crimes against their fellow citizens may vote again. Congress cannot override a constitutional amendment with a statute. Um, so again, it's um, it's really taking power away from the states. And again, I think that's what makes our country so special is it allows the states to have so much power. It prevents, a, you know, that concentration of power. Um, one last thing, there's a lot of things. Again, this is an 800 page bill, but um, one thing that is worth noting, there's a lot of things worth noting, but it transfers the rights to draw con congressional districts from state legislators to independent commissions whose members are unaccountable to voters. Um, and I quote, it mandates the inclusion of the illegal immigrant population, both illegal and legal in all redistricting all redistricting. Again, this goes back to what I was saying is that it doesn't ensure that every American votes in an American election. This will allow illegal people to vote in an American election. Again, it's not discriminatory to just want Americans to vote in an American election. I, I swear it's like two plus two is four and people are trying to say two plus two is five. If you've read the book, you'll understand the reference. But so, um, so really ask yourself, I know I gave a lot of my opinions, but really ask yourself, is this for the people? Is this truly for the people? Um, your friends that are posting about this bill, you know, share with them some of the information that you have, um, read about it and ask, is this really for the people? Because for the people insinuates that this is a bill to enhance American people's election process, that this is going to ensure that we have a fair and equal election that does not discriminate on anyone by race, gender, you know, socioeconomic status. But no, it's actually discriminating against Americans because this does not ensure that an Amer only Americans will vote. Um, and it's, honestly, it's insulting to people who lived through the Jim Crow era. It's insulting to people who lived through segregation, like my grandma, to say that this is discriminatory. It's not discriminatory to want a fair election. So with that, uh, thank you so much for listening to Out of Context. I hope you have a great week and we'll see you next time. We're going to be talking about socialism, um, some false things that have been said and just put it into perspective. There's been some false things that have been said from the right and the left. So I'm really excited to clear that up with one of my friends who lived in a socialist um, type of government. So I hope you have a great week and thanks so much for listening to Out of Context.